Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. It is so good to speak on the person and the power of the Holy Spirit tonight. Who loves the person of the Holy Spirit? He really is my best friend. I talk with him all the time. I laugh with him at times when I'm, I'm like, can't really share that with anyone else. I'm just going to have a laugh with you. Um, he enlightens me as I read the Word of God and He shows me, draws my eyes to things. I was reading Revelation recently. I'm like, Holy Spirit, and you're going to be with us through this all and have been. And you know, you are my best friend. You are closer than a brother to me, Holy Spirit. Um, Jess shared her engagement story when she preached and I'm like, game on, I'll share mine. <laughs> because there would be people here that weren't around when I got engaged and my husband did a spectacularly amazing effort. So I'm just going to share it with you tonight in the lead up to the Word, right? Um, my friend Jackie and I, you may know Jackie Gray, she lectures many of our local church um, college people. Give me a wave if you're a, a, one of our college students, come on. Um, we went away and we, you know, we really splashed out. We got these bargain basement tickets for a 10-day cruise, not on the Ruby Princess. Um, if, you know, there was no COVID at that time, the cruise thing was not decimated at that time. And we went away for 10 days on a Pacific Island cruise in one of the most average rooms on the ship, but we didn't care. We were just in for 10 days of bliss, reading books on a deck chair, lots of vitamin C, S-E-A, and a heap of fun together. Um, Well, at one point, um, Jackie pulls out the ship's itinerary and she starts talking to me about um, port trips. You know, when you, I don't know if you've ever, ever done a cruise and you have those stopovers and you get to pay extra money to the company. And I'm determined, I've paid once and I'm not paying twice. I've got my 700 bucks. I'm not kidding, 10 days at sea, 700 bucks, all expenses paid. They were, they were banking on the fact that I was going to gamble and drink. I don't do either. And so <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not paying twice. And so she said, look, when we get to Numea, I really want to do this trip to Amity Island. Anyone been there? No, me neither until this trip. And I'm like, it's not really my vision of what we're going to do when we're in Numia. I want to ride bikes around barefoot like a bum. Nobody knows us. No makeup, no hair done, nothing. And just be like cruisy in Numia and not pay a brass razoo to do that, right? So cheap. Um, and she's like, no, but my, my grandma went to Amity Island and it's really sentimental to me. And, and I want to go to this island and do this port trip. Um, would you just come with me? I'll pay. And I'm like, oh, come on. I'm not that miserly. You're not paying for me. Um, and she begged me and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to bow on this. Like she's my, one of my best friends in all the world. I'm going to Amity Island. Out go the bikes and the bare feet. We're going to Amity Island. Well, we get to Amity Island in Noumea and Jackie says, "Um, there's a special lighthouse trip that we can do in Amity Island. Let's walk up this lighthouse. They've opened it especially for us. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's do that. And halfway up, she runs out of puff or fakes it and says, I can't go any further. I'm just going to sit down. I'm like, I'm, I'm such a kind friend. I'm the kind of friend you want. I'm, I'm good to my friends. I'm a loyal friend. And I'm like, I'm going to stay with you till you catch your breath. I'm going to look after you. And Jackie, who's a really gentle soul, like in the most gruffest voice, tells me to get up the top of that lighthouse, probably in very, you know, aggressive terms, let's just say. I'm like, okay, okay, thanks for nothing. I was just trying to be a friend. Um, And so I run to the top of the lighthouse just to get it done. And at 
at the top of the lighthouse is a, a, a golden thread with my name on it. And I followed the golden thread and at the end of the thread was Andrew. Yeah, right? Try topping that, right? Uh, it was incredible and, it, and quite gobsmacking. I'm like, I'm pinching myself. Is he actually really here? He has interrupted my holiday. What are you doing here? Um, and of course, he got down on one knee and in French, no less, proposed and then translated for me. Um, and I, of course, said yes. <laughs> um, question is though, um, I could have. Now, I did get back on the ship. He didn't come because we aren't into doing holidays together. We dated for two years, broke up in the middle, kept kissing in the middle, by the way. It's a pretty sure sign we wanted to be together. Um, had a really long dating relationship and sorted a lot of things out. Short engagement, highly recommend that pattern of being. Watch them through the seasons, right? And then uh, short engagement. You know, we got it all together. I even got my dress made in three months, girls. Like, you do not need to book reception venues and carry on, okay? Just get it done quickly. Get in to marriage. It's amazing. Alyssa and Jackson did it too. I could have got on that ship though and just got back to my life in Sydney and started planning a wedding, right? All by myself, got my dress, booked the reception, organised the flowers, got the cake made and just got on with having a wedding with no mention of my love for Andrew um, or my passion for him or our life together. Um, and it would have actually been a bit of a fake thing, right? A wedding without the groom is non-existent, right? With no mention of him. You know, there's an innate power and blessing in marriage, but without the groom, it's actually non-existent. And tonight, I want us to experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. But I can't talk about His power and His presence without actually talking about Him, without actually talking about the person of the Holy Spirit that we are in relationship with, that I've gotten to know over my life, who has held me through the seasons of my life, who has directed me, who has spoken to me, yes, who has manifested His power. You know, I, I, I'll never forget the night when I'm 17, maybe 16 years old, and we'd gone to a revival rally and I'd had a friend get saved and she was so overcome by the power of God, she's laid out on my lounge room floor, right? With the manifest power of God. But more than that, I have known Him as a friend. I have known Him as someone who has been the constant voice. I have never been alone. I felt at times lonely, but I have never been alone. I have always had Him by my side. In fact, so familiar is His voice to me. Sometimes I miss it. He is so familiar to me that I wanna talk about Him. I wanna say tonight, the Holy Spirit is a person. And if you're taking notes, won't be many notes to take. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an inanimate force or a power or revival. Yes, He brings those things, but He is a person to relate to. He, and He is actually what God calls a seal and a promise over your heart, right? The day Andrew and I were on Amity Island, He gave me this and he did real good. He did real good. I had no idea he had it made with somebody. He sat with him. I had no idea he was doing it. And it was a seal and a promise of what was to become. You know, when he proposed to me, the first thing I thought was not the wedding's going to be amazing or this is going to happen. I thought, we're going to be a family. I'm going to have a family. 
I'm going to be a Mills. I've got a husband, I'm going to have a husband. And he's got a ring and a seal as a guarantee and a promise that this is about to happen. You know, it completely changed things. Engagement for me galvanised love. Like I loved him before, but mate, when we started planning our future together, love galvanised, passion increased, hence the short engagement. Um, um, It's a word of wisdom, okay? Um, Take it if you need it. Um, Just get married quickly after you've sorted the other stuff out, okay? And and walk with wisdom, get some people around you, but a galvanised love and put in motion plans. You know, it's like this with the Holy Spirit. God says, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'm not gonna just send Jesus back to the right hand of the Father. I'm actually gonna leave the Holy Spirit to dwell with you closely as a best friend and a seal over your heart. 2 Corinthians 1.22 says, God set His seal of ownership on us. That's the kind of ownership I want. It's not controlling ownership. It's like, God, I belong to You. You're responsible for me. You love me. You're my rescuer. You have a seal of ownership on us and He put His Spirit in our hearts. How intimate is that? That the Holy Spirit's not just a force to be experienced, but He's in your heart as a deposit guaranteeing what's to come. You know, it's actually the language of adoption. It's like, if you're adopted, you've got to understand you're in a really amazing position because someone chose you. Isn't that incredible? They picked you, they chose you, but God chose us. And Song of Songs puts it like this, so much more passionate than the Pauline letters. He says, Song of Solomon 8, 6, Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire and like a mighty flame. He adopted you. He loves you. And the Holy Spirit is a seal over your heart. You know, Paul, when he unpacks it and teases it out, says, when it comes to God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, here's what you get in the package, right? When you meet the person of God, this is what God gives. It says in 2 Corinthians 13, the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God the Father, that is, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We get grace upon grace in Jesus Christ, grace upon grace. And I thank God for His grace. I need it every day. I can't do it in my own strength. I can't work for it. I get Jesus's grace. I get love from the Father. I get His identity. This is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. That's what He's saying about you. I love Him. You know, I look at my sons, their little faces at bedtime and I don't care how scary they've been in the day and how many disciplines they've had and timeouts and I've pulled my hair out and nearly lost my salvation or felt like it, right? It comes to the end of the day and I say to Ollie and his big brown eyes looking up in his bed, I love you and I always will. No matter what, you can tell mummy anything. I love you. And he looks back and he's like, I love you too. No matter what's happened. Do you know that's Father God to you? I love you. I love you. But then it goes on to say with the Holy Spirit, it's the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. You know, they're distinct things that they offer within the community of God, right? Intimate Friendship with the Holy Spirit is what He's offering. And it takes you, that kind of love moves you 
from having to do stuff for God and, and having to work it up for God and living under what you think is the condemnation of God to God, you have put inside of me your love and I'm empowered by that. I desire to be your daughter, your son. And because the Spirit's in you, it's like the desire increases, that love stirs in you and you begin to feel God's heartbeat for people. You begin to wanna share about Him. You begin to wanna spend time with Him. It's not, I wanna tick a box. It's like, Holy Spirit, when can I get back with You? When can we get back into the Word? When can I get back into worship and experience Your presence? It's a love that will cause you to feel the Father's heart. Ezekiel, when he prophesied about the coming of the Spirit. So Ezekiel in the Old Testament said, this is what it's gonna be like. And he's speaking to an ancient people who were used to the law and used to a very ceremonial way of relating. And it was radical, he says in Ezekiel 36, 27, and I will put my Spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And what it's saying here is, He's gonna live inside of and you're gonna burn for Him. You know, there's stuff I won't touch or watch because I love Him too much. I'm like, I don't wanna leave, I don't want your presence to lift off me. I don't wanna grieve you, Holy Spirit. I wanna be close to you. I wanna feel your presence. And so your love is driving me. The desire develops and you start to want what God wants. You know, it says in Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Isn't that an incredible prospect that the Holy Spirit would want you to desire God's purposes, desire His plans? It's such a different prospect. You know, I can remember so many times, I mean, I walk with Him every day, but I can remember moments with the Holy Spirit, walking up to the careers advisors room in year 10, right? And walking up to the stairs and about to have that meeting. And I remember distinctly on the stairs of Shire Christian School, that's where I went. Woohoo, come on, Shire Christian School students, you're gonna have revival in that school. God has sent Horizon students in there to see revival and salvation in that school. And I remember walking up those stairs and getting halfway up those brown stairs where the staff room is, right? To see Mrs. Garley and the Holy Spirit saying, you don't need to have this conversation. Here's the next step for you. And just revealed in my heart what my first step post-school would be, right? And I went and had the meeting and I was very polite and gracious and stuff. But I knew what the Holy Spirit was saying. This is the first step for you, right? If you need a word from God or you need encouragement, if you're about to do your HSC or you're about to choose your, your uni courses and submit that application, Call out to God, cry out to God. He's gonna make your path straight. He's gonna show you what the first step is after school. He's got wisdom for you because He loves you. I remember being on a train to Vienna in Europe and a girl in the sleeper carriage, she was a student going to a conference to present a paper. She was a PhD student. And I remember the Holy Spirit stirring my heart. I love her. Would you share your testimony to her? And before the night was out on that sleeper train, I'd led her to the Lord, not because I'm good, but because the Holy Spirit is stirring my heart with desire to see this girl one to the Lord. I remember the time when I was 15 and dabbling with some very naughty stuff. And I remember sneaking out of my house late at night. It was my birthday. There was a number of other girls there. And 
out of the attention of my parents for the first time, having the boldness to actually sneak out and try something that was just dodge. And I remember the Holy Spirit wouldn't let up on me. You're not meant to be here. This is dangerous. It's not the place for you. And within 15 minutes, I'm like, I've got to go. I've got to, I've got to get out of here. And I never did it again, not because someone told me, don't ever do that again. Because my parents would have had no idea. I ended up telling my dad and he said something very funny. But, um, but the Holy Spirit had a hold of me to desire what He desires. But you see this friendship that we have with the person of the Holy Spirit actually demands also that you are empowered because He knows that you cannot live in 21st century Sydney. You cannot live in the world and not have His power, clothe you, empower you for this life that He's giving you to live. So the Holy Spirit is a person, but the person as you get to know Him will clothe you in power, will give you wisdom, will equip you. It says, Jesus knew this, Luke 24, 49, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Basically, you can't fulfil the purposes of God in but naked, frail humanity. And that is true for you and true for me. You know what? You have got no hope without the power of God in this age that we are living in. You need the power of God. Young people, you need to get up in the morning before school and get in the presence of God. Speak in tongues for 20 minutes before you get amongst your peer group and you're influenced by their idea. You need to open your heart to the power of the Holy Ghost in the morning before you jump on Instagram and start scrolling through. You actually need the Holy Ghost at night, corporate person, when you come home and you're so smashed after a day of from the office and you jump, you're put on Netflix at 9pm at night, you actually need to get into the presence of the Holy Spirit. You need power for your career, for your parenting, for your school. Acts 1.8 says, Jesus' last recorded words, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus knew that you don't have the goods, that you're good. In fact, very, very good. The completion of creation, you are very good, but you don't have the goods without Him. And that is a humbling place to come to, but it's a real place to come to with Him, but it's assuring because He wants to give you the power for everything that is causing you worry, anxiety, consternation, everything that has got your thoughts, everything that you are dialoguing about as you put your head on the pillow. He actually wants to give you power to live. If I could get the keys up, that'd be fantastic. Paul stated, I don't have, I, I, I don't come to you with human words, but a demonstration of the Spirit, he says in 2 Corinthians 2, 3 to 5. He's like, if I could get the keys up, that'd be great. Um, he's like, I am not coming to you with great doctrinal words, although he was a master at that. He's like, I'm not coming to you with a great law to follow. I am coming to you with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit that breaks chains, that opens eyes, that lifts anxiety, that gives wisdom, that heals bodies. It says He'll baptise you with fire. Matthew 3.11, I baptise you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful 
and jumps and says, I will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Do you know you need the fire of God to burn off the dross that you've gathered in the world that you've been walking in? You actually need the fire of God to cleanse your heart and your mind because of the stuff you've been around in this world. You need the fire of God empowering you. You need the fire of God like gold in a rock, the the purification process that happens when the fire of God hits your life. You need it. Jackie Pullinger, this incredible missionary woman. You'll always hear me talk missionary stories. I just love them. They're people on the edge. And Jackie Pullinger went to Hong Kong and um, I don't advise anyone to do what she did. She got off a ship when she felt it was the right port to stop in and start doing God's work. I mean, I advise you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't get me wrong, but she's radical, right? And she had in her heart, I'm walking around the walled city of Kowloon in Hong Kong and seeing these desperately, hopelessly addicted people to heroin, desperately, you know, skeletal, no hope, foul, foul place, hopeless. And she's like, I just know, God, you're calling me to minister. And for the first years, she would take them into her home and try and feed them and try and get them off drugs and try and do all sorts of things to improve their life. And they were good things. They were good works. But nothing was really shifting and transforming a city. Nothing was really changing and breaking chains of addiction, wrapping themselves around people that God loved. She's looking at these people and going, they're made in the image of God. The Holy Spirit's just breaking my heart for these people. And about two years into her ministry, the Holy Spirit says, you need to introduce them to me. They need to get baptised with the fire of God. They need to to be baptised with the evidence of speaking in tongues and the chains will break. There'll be deliverance. Demons will come out of these people. They'll be set free to live the life that God has for them. My image in them will be restored and emerged. Dignity will come over their lives. She literally saw thousands of people set free from bondage and darkness, chains, anxieties, because she talks about a driving spirit. I feel like Sydney's like that sometimes. The, the pace of life is driving, it's anxiety inducing. Some of your, your mind, I just feel is so wound up on a tight coil and the Holy Spirit's like, let me touch you tonight. Let me unfurl you. Let me unpack you. Let me minister my peace to you in this place. Well, she saw thousands set free to the point where the government's like, we're at a loss. We can't do this. We're just going to give you an old police training camp to do this in for free. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled. You know, he, he heals. He's a healer. He's a healer. He heals bodies. He heals minds. He heals emotions because the soul realm needs to be healed too. You know, I, I've seen bodies healed. I've had my own body healed. I, I was healed of migraines so bad. I'd get them weekly when I was teaching. I remember pulling over on Heathcote Road late, 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 because I'd stay late. I was a workaholic and I'd just be spewing on Heathcote Road from migraines, getting back in the car, driving home. I'm like, God, I can't function like this. And God healed me of migraines. Ali, yeah, you can clap the Lord. I don't mind. Ali Jerusalem shared a testimony over communion about how the Holy Spirit healed a debilitating back injury that was so agonising that she couldn't even breathe properly. 
He'll heal the soul realm. I've experienced it in my life, the, the pain of sickness in the family and separation of my parents. I remember in my 19, 20, 21, massive healing season of like just God releasing pain in the soul realm and the Holy Spirit just like healing balm over my soul. He'll give you a sound mind. If you're, I feel like the word I get is there's been a lot of scattered thinking. Your, your thinking is scattered. Like God, this and that, and then it's scattered. And God wants to, it's like, you know, when the colours are separated and He wants to just pull it back together to see the whole picture again. He wants to realign your thinking, bring peace to your mind tonight. For the mind governed by the flesh is death, Romans 8, 6 says, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The Holy Spirit wants to govern your mind in the most beautiful possible way. I believe tonight that people are going to get breakthrough with tormented patterns of thinking. It's gentle, it's beautiful. You know, I've got to say, He is spectacular and phenomenological. You know, we, I've seen the big ones. I've seen polio legs healed. I've seen stadiums and revived, but He's also gentle, like one touch, beautiful, physical healing, miracles, like interventions. I, I see miracles like interventions, interventions that could never happen in the natural, right? Just like, where did that come from? Like little one I had was when I was burying my mum and I was doing it all alone. And I don't say that as a sub story. Like I, I literally had to deal with the whole, I'm like, what a mess this is dealing with her estate, dealing with papers that were in disarray, dealing with medical stuff that had been going on for years. And I was the sole responsible adult. And I'm like, I was quite young at the time. And, and I remember just the kindness of God in a little miraculous way came back from organising the wake and I needed 300 bucks quickly. And I put my hand into a vase at her house and pulled out 300 bucks, right? The kindness, the kiss of the Holy Spirit, caring, so caring. I've had much bigger miracles than that, but time is escaping us. Tonight, I see the kindness and the gentleness of God toward people. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. He's here in this room. Can you feel Him? Can you feel His presence here for you? He loves you so, so much. Perfect love casts out all fear. You, some of you, there's some that are feeling like a fear rise God doesn't want you to have that spirit of fear. He wants His love to come and cast out all fear and give you love, power and a sound mind. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.